Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Pod. This episode of Athlete to Athlete, we are joined by Matt DeLugos, a young competitor hungry for the CrossFit Games floor, and he was close last year. Matt is one of the tallest athletes in the field of CrossFit Game male competitors right now in the sport, and he was also the first one that came to mind when HQ released their legless rope climb and running workout. Unfortunately, we won't get to watch Matt take the floor until a couple weeks at Granite Games, but I really believe he's got a great shot at making a run and climb for the world record. But in this episode, we chop it up a little bit about his history in the sport, where he found it, when it became a real passion for him, not to just use CrossFit as the catalyst to health and longevity, and to look better naked, but to actually pursue human dominance on the CrossFit Games floor, because those are very different pursuits. They take a very different mentality. And of course, we know after sitting down with many of these athletes that it's a completely different lifestyle. He talks about him seeking out Justin Cutler and of course, making the move to Nevada to train with the rest of the underdog crew. He's surrounded there by Bethany Shadburn, Carrie Pierce, Danielle Brandon, the list continues to go on. Even one of the guests that we're going to be joined by in just another day, Ali Scuds, will be on the show. But they've got quite the crew. Of course, he's already got some stories in line. And uh, I'm super excited for you guys to get to hear this interview and just to get to know this young man a little bit more. Um, he is soft-spoken to a degree. And I think that you're going to pick up that uh, he's extremely focused. And that after I sat down and kind of processed this interview with him, um, I became even more a, a bigger fan of Matt DeLugos, and I'm sure you are going to do the same. But nonetheless, enjoy the interview. Here's Matt. What is up, guys? We're back for another episode with the Matt DeLugos on Athlete to Athlete. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am super excited. I am fired up, and it's because semifinals are officially underway, my man. So for me, this year being a spectator and a commentator, like I'm in the thick of it. Like I feel like a kid in the candy store, and we're only three semifinals deep. So I'm certainly excited. And and just to kick things off, man, what are your thoughts so far on what you've seen unfold and the athletes punching their tickets to the CrossFit Games? Man, it's it's been uh, it's been cool to watch. I, I try to keep up with them enough to see like what's happening and how people are doing. And um, like obviously with the two workouts, you know, you kind of watch and see what scores are are good and what scores aren't. But um, at the same time, I try not to think about it too much because the more that I like watch and and think about them, the more excited and anxious I get. And I just don't find that that's like the best for my headspace. So. Um, but nonetheless, like I'm fired up uh, two weeks away. I'm, I'm just ready to get after it. And Matt, we're on the topic. So I got to talk about it, man. We, we know the two workouts that every athlete's going to participate in, in regards to what HQ has given or distributed to the semifinals. We've got the legless rope climb, the 10 rounds for time. And then of course we've got that clean and jerk complex for you as an athlete. Were you excited to see that? Was it something that fired you up or were you kind of indifferent across the board? Um, well, I, I, to be honest, like I told my coach, Justin, you know, whatever workouts they come out with, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine. Like I've worked a lot on my game since last year. And so they could have given me like, uh, you know, max 
deficit strict handstand push-up or something like that like it would have been fine regardless but um with the legless rope climb workout uh i did start licking my chops a little bit i was that's a, it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be a fun one um and then I, I like the complex too i think it's i think it's like the perfect amount of strength but skill um and like a little bit of conditioning with it or like strength conditioning with it so um yeah i think they're good tests i like them i don't see any problems with them I love it. And, and, and I thought that, that would be your take, man. Listen, for those of you listening and aren't too familiar with who Matt DeLugos is, or if you've never seen him uh, grace the competition floor, he is a long-statured man. Um, he is not vertically challenged. And you can often find him kicking his toes on the ground when they don't prescribe a particular height for the toes-to-bar rig, right? Or the ring muscle-ups, man. So you yeah. are 6'4". Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yep, 6'4". I love it, man. And and tell me what kind of challenges or advantages that presents in a sport like CrossFit. Advantages, man. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I think that I honestly I try not to think about that stuff too much because it's like I'll have some advantages when it comes to a machine or when it comes to, you know, like wall balls or something like that. But I try not to think too much about the disadvantages of it just because like the moment I start making excuses for myself, the moment I start like that that's when that's where my barrier is right so if i can like you know if i can find a way to to not think about that or to not make excuses i feel like my potential is is limitless when it comes to that and so um honestly it's just something i really don't think about like even when i'm going up against like carrie or a girl like ally you know short short little ladies um i'm just like all right like let's let's do this thing let's see how we can do it I love it. And I think that's clearly an important aspect, man. It's like understanding, of course, it could it can present its advantages and there's going to be natural disadvantages, but to not to give them too much power, right? Because then yeah. you're going to find yourself just in a situation and circumstance where the excuses start to pile up, right? Or finding a way out versus finding a way in to be successful um, in the outcome for any given event. So I, I respect that. And I completely think that that is a great place for you to have your head. Um, you're about to throw down in about two and a half weeks, roughly two weeks or so. Um, at the Granite Games, so you'll be there in Minnesota. Now, have you ever been out that way? Have you been in Minnesota before? Mm -hmm. Love it. So it'll be a first time for you. Um, and, and I think there's a lot clearly to be excited about, um, but we're still waiting on all the other workouts for you. It's, it's no. nothing's known other than the two that they've given out. Um, do you prefer to be in that type of situation where, hey, the less we know, the better, or would you prefer, hey, let's let's give these these things a run through? What what kind of athlete are you? Nah, I, I would honestly prefer just to show up and then be like, hey, this is this is the workout you're doing tomorrow. Have fun with it. Um, just because I think like, you know, you, you can get into your head a little bit as far as like on a personal scale, you can get into your head a little bit too much. Um, you can psych yourself out, get really excited or get really down about a workout, um, you know, and it's one of these things where like you really you really only have one chance to do it. Right. You got one chance to show your fitness. Um, you have to actually you have to put a plan together and execute. So, um, yeah. If they come out two days before, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm cool with that. I love it. I, I was always that type of individual as well where I, I would prefer to know as, as late as possible. Um, I want myself from an athletic and mental or a psychological, psych, psychological standpoint to have to figure it out. And I want the rest of the competitors to be in the same boat versus mm -hmm. just practice, rinse and repeat, practice, rinse and repeat. I get so tired of that when they would release these regional workouts back in the day, weeks and weeks ahead of time. And I'd be like, oh, no, here we go. Because you got no choice but to give them dry runs, right? Um, now, to what degree? And if you're going to give the full rundown, that's up to you. But it's like, yeah. man, that was that was something that would stress me out often. Now, real quick before we advance, Matt, I'm getting some feeds, Matt. I'm getting some feed. We're golden.
Okay, cool. All right, so, brother. So let's kick it. Let's kick the, You're good. So let's kick this back a little bit. I, I want to touch on wh where you're from and how you got into CrossFit to begin with, man. So tell us a little bit about the, the origin story of Matt DeLugos. Yeah. So I'm from Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, that's where WVU is at. So I grew up there, lived there my whole life. Um, I didn't get into CrossFit until I got to college and I got into it from my mom. Um, she was the one who, like, I, I went through high school playing all the sports. Like I played basketball, I played golf, I ran track and cross country. Um, and then got to college and like, didn't really have an outlet for anything, for any kind of fitness and started to get a little, you know, a little lazy, a little overweight, like just all the classic college things. And, um, and she was like, Oh, look, why don't you try CrossFit? Like, why don't you try coming in? Um, you know, like you can, you don't even have to come into a class, like just come in with this coach. And I was like, okay, sure. And, um, went in with him for a couple of times. Finally, he made me do like a legit CrossFit workout with some kettlebell swings and burpees. Um, almost died on the floor, like almost threw up, but that was kind of like my Kool-Aid moment. And so after that, um, I just started doing it as like a way to stay fit and, and just kind of like hang out with people and be social. And then, yeah, then now we're here, now we're out in Las Vegas and I've traveled the world for it. So it's really cool. And I'm just looking forward to like seeing what else can come from it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta wonder though, where was this moment for you when you were like, okay, hey, you know, I, I enjoy this. This is cool. It's keeping me in great shape. Hey, you know, got the muscles growing. It's fantastic. But but what you're pursuing now is a whole different element of focus and tenacity and intensity. I mean, when, I, when I'm describing it to my gym members, right, I'm like, hey, you guys are here for wellness and to increase the quality of your life. To some of my members, it's to simply remain independent as long as they can. But for us that choose to take the floor to compete, we're essentially pursuing human dominance, right? Like we literally want to be able to express our physical will over the rest of the field, no matter what their goals are, no matter what they want to do we want to step in and take one of those five spots or we want to get on top of that podium. So when was that moment for you mentally and when did you realize it could become a reality? Um, that's a great question. I, so I competed with a team for two years. Um, and that was back whenever we had the team of six and then back to the team of four or down to the team of four. So I did that. And then from there, I, like the, after that year, they went away with regionals and then there was like not really anybody else in my gym that was doing it. Um, and there was like a couple competitions coming up and I was just like, yeah, like, let's see if I can qualify for them. Um, qualified for the Mac in 2019, went and did that. Um, qualified for another competition in 2020. And then like things kind of shut down. But during that time, I was like, you know what? Like, this is, this is pretty fun. Like I enjoy doing it and I see... I see a lot of potential in myself. Um, I see like that I have that I'm capable of, of a lot of cool things and I'm like nowhere close to that max end yet. So um, really it wasn't until I would say it really wasn't until I moved out here to Las Vegas that I was like, yeah, you know, cause I was like working a full-time job um, in a gym. Like I was doing this stuff on like, not on the side, but I, it wasn't my full-time job. Um, and then I moved out here to Las Vegas and that was kind of like the, for me, that was like the, okay, Hey, we're, we're pushing everything in. Like we're going all in with it. We're, we're trying, um, to, to see what we can do with this thing. And, you know, I feel like I've kind of given myself like 
a contract and it's like, hey, you know, you're going to dedicate the next eight to 10 years of your life doing this thing and, and trying to see how far you can go. And like, you know, not putting other things on hold, but just like understanding that your my physical capabilities will come to an end at some point. Um, but while I have them and while I'm capable of it, like, let's see what I can do. Like, let's see how far we can make it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Love it. Love it. 20. All right. So Matt, you were just diving into the fact that, you know, you, you kind of had that opt optimism of, I, I want to make this competitive. I'm going to make the move. I'm going to actually d literally commit the, the next potentially eight to 10 years to commit to getting what I can out of myself physically and mentally in this specific sport of CrossFit. But tell me like, how did you have the bandwidth to be able to make a choice? Like, yo, here we go. I'm going to Vegas. What did that look like for you? Um, I looked at a couple of things and the main, the main driver for me was, could I do this sustainably? Could I make a living and still chase my dream? Um, and you know, that, that decision was really easy for me. I knew that my job, like working remotely with clients, um, was something that I could do anywhere. And so I decided that if I was going to do it, I was going to do it now. I had no responsibilities. Um, my family was always going to be back home. They were always going to support me. And yeah, I really like, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I'm 23, 24 years old. Like, let's go ahead and do it now before life starts to, you know, pile things on top of my plate and it gets too late. I love it. So th that, that takes a ton of commitment. I think this goes a long way for any competitor, future competitor, um, you know, dreaming competitor, potential, you know, people, people that just want to be in a situation like yours, I think it's important for them to identify that it takes a lot of planning, but it also takes a lot of sacrifice and compromise. Um, and, and I'll never make that sound like it's a bad lifestyle choice because I made those same types of you know, sacrifices and compromises. And I really don't believe Matt, that even in your situation, you view it as that because you have an ultimate goal that you want to achieve. Right. So while it's tough, everybody listening, if you want to, if you want to have these types of routines, it takes risk and it takes commitment. It does take, um, some sacrifice and compromise. But with that being said, Justin Coulter as your coach, how did that come to become a reality for you? When did you guys actually start working together? And how has that developed over the last, I don't know, a couple years? Yeah, so I met Justin in 2018. Um, I got to go overseas and get to see him coach and see what he was like as a person and kind of make those connections. And then it wasn't until a year later after the Open that was in October, I was like, man, I'm just not getting better. I need to kind of make a change. And, you know, Justin's the guy, Justin coaches Carrie. Justin has done it with Khan and all these different teams. And he's just like, he's a stud of a coach. So I reached out to him. I was kind of on the fence because I didn't think he was taking any new athletes. But as soon as I reached out, he was like, yeah, for sure. I see some potential in you. So let's go ahead and do it. And automatically it was like night and day difference working with him. Um, I went from a, you know, 285 snatch to 315. I went from 345 to 365 clean and jerk. Um, all my aerobic numbers got better. All my body weight, like strict handstand pushups, pull-ups got better. 
And what's really cool for me is that Justin makes those connections with people outside of the gym. So obviously he wants to see you succeed in the gym and he wants to see you reach your goals of making it to the games or whatever that is. But he also cares a lot about you as a person and he cares a lot about your development, you know, as a, as an athlete, as a maturing athlete, learning the things that you need to, and not just doing the same, you know, not like physically programming wise, doing the same things, but not making the same decisions or not making the same mistakes or not having the same mentality year after year. So it's been so cool getting to work with him and seeing what he's creating out here in Las Vegas is just so special. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what it can be, you know, in a couple of years from now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's refreshing to hear that about him. I've never met Justin specifically like him and I type of interaction, which I really hope to get him on and chat with him um, through at some point through the season to, to get him on and really get to know him a little bit better. But it's refreshing to hear about his type of leadership. Um, I've heard it from, from multiple people and uh, you know, you're the second uh, that I've specifically had a discussion with, not, not just on the podcast, but just in life um, about, you know, his character with, you know, being really, um, open to connecting on deeper levels that a lot of coach athlete relationships don't, don't get as far as. So I think that's special and that's really awesome. When it comes to the atmosphere down there at underdogs, you've got, you know, Bethany Shadburn, you've got Carrie, you've got uh, Danielle, um, you've got Kira is there now, right? You've got like so many, you've got all these personalities. You're not the only guy down there, are you? Um, we have Mitch McClune who dates Carrie he made it to semifinals, so he's competing next week at the MAC. And then we have Raph, Raphael Duran, who barely missed out on it this year, but he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So um, there's the two of us training, but my boy Tola just left me, unfortunately. But I think he's doing all right where he's at. <laughs> He's he's doing a okay, man. But it, you know, and I said that almost as a joke. So it's funny to hear uh, that the, that the ladies strongly outnumber the men there. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the day-to-day training atmosphere and what that is like. I mean, are you guys going in and have the opportunity to train together? Are you in the gym at the same time and in doing different a ton of different pieces? Do you come together a couple times a week? What is what is the dynamic like? Yeah, usually, obviously, right now it's a little bit different without everybody prepping for their semis, but. For the main, you know, portion of the year, we're coming in in the mornings. You know, some people will kind of pair up based on what they have. Um, but, you know, there's a there's a solid group of us. Like, usually I'll train with somebody like Alex Kazan or Danielle. Um, and we're just, we're hitting our mono together, resting, hitting the rest of our session. Like, whether it might be a little bit different as far as what our strength and skill work looks like, but we're still hitting those things with each other. Um yeah. And so there's, there's like a level of competition because you're pushing on metcons and you're pushing on monostructural work and different things like that. But at the same time, you're supporting people and, and you're able to like push them to get better. And, you know, if like, obviously Danielle's like a gold standard right now, she's crushing it. Um, but just like having people to chase after and knowing that there are people that are, you know, good at the things that I'm not good at. And I think that that's going to be, that's going to be something that I'm always going to, uh, deal with just as a taller athlete, like gymnastics, body weight, those things are always going to be difficult for me and a little bit easier maybe for some other people, but being able to like push, but not feel like I have to like hate the other person if they beat me, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a constructive environment to be in. 
Yeah, I think that's, again, it's one of those things where it's creating advantage for you. You know, um, I, I would highly doubt that the environment you found yourself in prior to move, making the move and then being a part of the, the underdogs crew um, on a day in and day out basis that you had that similar type of experience. Right. And it's so few and far between where um, you get to surround yourself with people that I'd categorize as dogs in our sport, meaning that they're 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 tenacious. Um, they don't back down. They really want to excel and by all means necessary right? From a reality standpoint, they're doing anything they can to create advantage for themselves. And for you, even if you find yourself being the chaser and not necessarily the chasey or the leader of the pack, uh, the, the fruits are obvious. And I think you even shared that with, Hey, look at where my numbers are going, my strength numbers, my gymnastics numbers. Um, if those things are training in the right direction, then you're in the right type of atmosphere. Now, before you got down there, Matt, were you training alone for the most part? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was training in like a it was like 1200 square foot gym it was just yes. like gray walls it's cold all the time and, well in morgantown you get like hot summers but then fall and spring and winter it's just freezing cold so it was a little tough to continue training like i think that stuff was beneficial because you learn about yourself you learn how to push yourself without needing anybody next to you but being here has elevated my game so much and like i don't know that i would ever you know, I don't know that I would ever leave and I don't know that I would ever go to a place where I'm like training by myself again. And I would not fault you there, my friend. I mean, I, I think about even what you just shared being in, you know, you're, you're back on the East coast, you're dealing with all the seasons. Um, we, we don't suffer from it, but we struggle with that at times here, even in Salt Lake city, where we live in a beautiful climate. It's awesome. The snow here is great. So we, we don't really get too gloomy, but when the time, when the temperature drops and our training needs to actually start kicking up in the right direction to prepare for the latter part of the open and quarters and semis, it's sometimes hard to get up, right? Like, Physically, you're like, okay, let's flip the switch and let's go get it. But it's like, it feels like it's 40 degrees in the gym. You got to warm up all the joints. You're feeling all the aches and pains, but you find yourself in a warm climate area. You are not at altitude the way we are. And then you just feel better, right? It's like this, it's a very real thing when it comes to mentality and attitude. Um, and even on off days, they don't feel so off when you get to train in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. Um and I know that you coach yourself. Talk to me a little bit about your coaching journey and what you're doing and what kind of clients you work with. I know that helps support your journey as an athlete. So it's got to be important to you. Yeah, it definitely is. I got the opportunity to coach with um, a gym back home where I was coaching more on like the general prepared fitness side of things yeah. and people that weren't really competitive in fitness. But you know, that kind of opened my eyes to see that like, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of need for fitness and it doesn't have to be CrossFit, but I really do enjoy coaching CrossFit because I get to like take what I learn and take the things that I know and the things that work for me and apply them to athletes. And like, that makes me super happy because like, I feel like it's a full circle that comes around where like, I learn something, I apply it to an athlete, I see it work for them. And then it's just like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, you know, it, it makes me really happy. And I, I have an athlete coming up who's doing the master semifinals and I'm able to take my knowledge and she's kind of a similar athlete in that she's a little bit taller, stronger, um, you know, more work output, work capacity type of athlete. And so I'm giving her things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis or in workouts or in competitions and she's just like eating them up and putting them into practice and like making them work. And she's like, Oh, I've never heard that before. I've never learned that before. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, like I'm taking what I'm applying or I'm taking what I know as an athlete 
and applying it to somebody else and they're making it work for them. That's such a cool feeling. It's the best. I, I spent, you know, I've been coaching CrossFit from 2011 and, and still into this day, I'm still coaching. Um, took a little bit of a break when we started our company FNX and everything like that. Of course, when, when you're running a startup, you, your, your time is very finite, but we like for me as an athlete, my greatest lessons for myself came from me teaching other people, right? Like I would find myself teaching athletes things down to the detail where I'm like, man, I really should focus on that more myself or refining a, a, a technical development skill, like a drill, breaking down the butterfly or the kip or whatever it might be for an athlete, help me fine tune my own abilities. I think that's a huge advantage that a lot of athletes don't get an opportunity to experience at this stage in the game. Back in the backpack days, right? That's how everybody provided a living for themselves, right? We didn't have sponsors. We didn't have everything. So it was more run of the mill where, yeah, of course that guy who goes to the games, he's a gym owner. Cause he gets to hang out in the gym all day and he gets to coach people. Right. So I think that's a huge thing for you. And I think it's really powerful uh, when you get to use it the right way. Now I will say I had a couple struggles. I still have these struggles today. And here's, here's what it is, is this is me as an athlete. And then this might be me as a coach, right? Like I got two different hats. Just gonna bring that up. Yeah. I, I got two different hats and my mindset and my mentality is completely different. Whereas like you might, my athletes might walk in the gym and watch me doing something like, Hey coach, you said not to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not coach right now. I'm, I'm in throwdown mode. So talk to me a little bit about that balance for you. Yeah, it's tough. I think, um, I try to be as introspective as I can. And whenever I'm coaching somebody, I'm like, okay, is this something that I would do? Is this something that I would be able to do? Um, or like, is this just a principle that I follow in my fitness and my training? Um, I find that most times it's like that, but sometimes it's like, uh, do as I say, not as I do. But I'm working to fix that. It's like you said, it's a little bit hard because you just think like, well, I'm an athlete. I'm I'm got, I got to get the work done or I got to do it this way. And, you know, I don't have the time to, you know, fix my form or whatever it is, but yeah, it, it's definitely, it's like a good litmus test, right? It's like, okay, Hey, you're saying this to somebody else. Are you doing the same things? Like, are you making sure that you're taking care of the low hanging fruit? Are you making sure that you're holding to your tempos or sticking to your rest times or doing whatever it is? So, yeah. I love it. And, and, and I think that also brings a value to even coaches need coaches. Um, so that's why you get the guidance and the, and the tutelage that you're getting from uh, Justin and the rest of the, the, the camp there at, at underdog athletics. I'm sure it's everybody's everybody, you know, it takes a village, right? It takes a village. Um, and with that being said, man, training is of course, extremely important, but also is recovery. What are, what are some, some of your favorite recovery protocols that you go through right now? Are you a sauna and ice tub guy? Are you like, what, what do you do? Yeah, man, I love the sauna. So we just moved to a new gym a couple months ago, and they like built this whole little recovery area for us. So we have a sauna that gets up to like 170. We've got a cold tub that gets down to 40 degrees. Um, you know, the sunshine is a huge help for recovery. So just being outside, like I've got a dog, so we go out for walks and we go rollerblading and, uh, you know, playing fetch and whatever, but just being outside, being active, walking, like all of those things are really helpful. And then, you know, taking the time to stretch, taking the time to mobilize, taking the time to cool down, warm up properly, um, you know, seeing body work people. It's really, it's so cool. Um, I'm a big UFC fan. And I love watching people fight and um, not in a bad way, in like a professional setting. But yeah, man. Our, old, <laughs> our old gym was right next to the UFC um, like Performance Institute and the Apex. And I've been able to get in with one of the trainers out there or like one of the PTs out there. 
And so like getting some body work done by her has been awesome. Um, and yeah, sleeping, eating, I work with Mike at M2 nutrition and that's been a huge help. Cause like I used to not eat as well on rest days and like throughout, just like through the weekend, like I would finish my training on, you know, Saturday, now it's Sunday, but I would like kind of eat like crap, eat like crap the next day and then feel like crap going into training. And he's really helped me shift my mindset and just helped me shift what I'm doing and the habits that I have on those rest days to be able to like, it's like, those aren't days off. Those are the days yep. where you're prepping for the next training day or week or cycle or whatever it is. So making sure that I'm taking those things as serious as I would like a normal training day or has been super important. How do you deal with that? Because that's that's something that's actually difficult when it comes to having a social life and balancing your life as an elite competitor, your performance, and then also being like, yo, it's summertime. My, my peeps are about to have me over for a barbecue. It's a Sunday afternoon, right? Most of the crew is going to be kicking back the brewskis, and here I am getting ready for a semifinal. How do you adjust your – like? I mean, yeah, wh- how do you deal with it? Nah, my people know that I'm going to bring my food <laughs> to their house when we watch UFC fight nights or – um, yeah, I'm not going to stay out until even like 10, 11 o'clock. Um, you know, like I said, like I didn't leave my family and I didn't leave my situation, my comfortable situation back home to come out here and like dick around, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, I moved out here to, um, you know, to, to chase this dream and make it a reality. Can you still hear me? Yes, you're good. Okay. Uh, awesome. Um, I didn't move out here to like, like I said, I didn't move out here to dick around and, and, you know, take days off or, uh, you know, take shortcuts or, or like, I didn't come out here to party. I didn't come out here to go to EDC this weekend. Like I came out here to make a dream come true. So to me, it's like, it's not that hard of decision-making. It's like, is this in line with your goal? Yeah. Cool. Mm. Let's do it. Is it not? Okay. I don't really have time for that. I love that, man. Fires me up. Makes my palms sweaty. Makes me want to go to bed right now. Maybe do some mobility. <laughs> but seriously, though, man, it fires me up. And, I, and, and I'm always refreshed and, and, and you know, encouraged when I hear young competitors that are focused this way. I think it's, it's a really beautiful thing for the sport. Um, it's great from a lifestyle perspective for everyone to be able to look at a young man, a young lady that's just committed to what they want to do and where they want to go to the degree that they're willing to live a life unlike everyone else that's around them. I think that's refreshing and it it sets you apart. So good on you, man. Um, It fires me up. And with that being said, as I think back to your last season, you were at the West coast classic, you know um, you finished, was it 12th, Mm -hmm. 12th place overall. Talk to me a little bit about that experience. You being out on the semifinal floor, knowing that, Hey, you, in, in your mind, you were about to take a top five spot. What, what was the experience like for you last year? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, it was, it was a humbling experience because I didn't go into it considering the negative outcome. I went in basically only considering that like, I'm going to take a top five spot. And there wasn't the reality of like, Hey, it might not go the perfect way that you want it to. So, you know, be, be ready for that and be able to roll with the punches. It was more like, I'm going to crush every event and I'm going to take some wins and I'm going to take some of this and that. And, you know, the reality of the situation is that doesn't always happen. And it's like that quote, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. And I got punched in the face on the first workout. I missed, started missing some snatches at 225. And from there I was like, internally, I was just panicking. I was just lost. And I was like, shoot, that's not how it was supposed to go. What do I do now? Like my whole, like, I just want to get through this weekend. I don't even want to be out here. Um, 
and so yeah it was just a really humbling experience and like that's one thing that I've really tried to work on throughout the year, like working with Carrie, working with Justin, um, going through like, you know, I, it was awesome for me to be able to go to Wadapalooza and see how guys like Con and James just like stay level headed. Obviously yep. the stakes aren't as high, but just see how they like execute throughout a weekend and what they do and, and how they're moving through it. Um, you know, that's been, su- that was super helpful working with Carrie, uh, going through quarterfinals in the open and stuff like that just being able to set out a plan, execute it. If I do bad on a workout, cool. But like five, 10 minutes later, it's out of my head. It's done with, it's over with, and we're on to the next one. So um, that's really what I'm looking forward to putting into practice at Granite Games is like, yes, the physical like execution of workouts is cool, but I'm looking forward to like testing my mental game and seeing like, okay, who knows what these workouts will be, right? It might be workouts that are terrible for me, but like, how am I going to mentally you know, navigate that weekend. Uh, because like, whenever I get to the end of it, if I'm, if I finish in fifth or if I finish in 25th, if I can get through that weekend and say, okay, I did everything within my power and control, you know, to, to make this, to, to maximize my potential. Again, I can't be worried about the results. Like the results are what they are. I just, I'll have to go back to the drawing board at the end of it and figure it out. But if I get to the end of the weekend and, and I finish in 15th and I'm like, well, here was a mental mistake. Here's where I got out of it. Here's where I let this affect the next day, or here's where I let this like get in my head during the workout or whatever. Like those are all things that I can control. Right. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I learned a lot from last year. And that's what I'm looking forward to, to putting into practice now. I love it, man. You lumped together two of my questions right there into one. And I appreciate that. It was, uh, you know, again, your head's in the right spot, man. I can exactly remember you You guys did a repeat of a 2016 regional workout that I experienced, uh, the snatch slider. And uh, I had a similar outcome where I expected to finish in X time. And I ended up getting time capped at the 265 pound barbell and it caught me off guard. I expected it to be a heavy hitting workout for me and it ended up being what left me that year two, two points shy of making it back to the CrossFit games. And, uh, and that setback did nothing but fuel my fire for the next 12, 13 months. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I see that in you. I see your ability to piece together that it's not a loss, it's a lesson. And that's extremely important, not just for this year, man. It's going to be important for the years to come because we're all going to get keep getting punched in the mouth. We're not going to have these flawless runs, right? Um, yeah. And so it's really important to understand how, how you can bounce back and I'm excited for you because you find yourself in a great situation. We don't yet know the workouts, man, but I'm hoping yours look a lot like uh, those those workouts down there at the uh, at the old syndicate. A lot of work, high work capacity. You know, hey, you just get after it. Maybe some ergs for you, big dog. You know what I mean? You might be a little yeah, bit I'd happy like about that. that. I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's some some of the fitness that, of course, entertains me the best. I've I've never been the tallest, but as a five eleven guy with long arms, man, it was. It was still my jam when I got to know I could settle into a workout and not be passed just because someone was cycling reps a lot faster than I could potentially cycle them. So, right. I get it, man. But look, Matt, I want to thank you so much for hopping on the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing just a little bit about yourself, man. It's great to get to know where you're from, your background, what led you out there to, to the underdog crew and uh, how you're just shaking and jiving and moving upward in the ranks um, throughout your career. So I want to wish you the best of luck at the granite games. I will be there. Hopefully we get to get to see each other and dap each other up, man. Um, best of luck. I know you will make sure that no stone is left unturned. And, uh, you know, the big thing is man, you know, be all in right. 
every effort. If you can make sure you give every effort between now and then, and you've already been doing that for the last year, you're going to end up in a great spot, dude. So thanks for joining us. Um, as, as another athlete reps here or another episode of athlete to athlete on rise and pod. Um, thanks for joining us guys. And we'll see you next time.